0: Welcome to Asking for a Friend. Each week we discuss and answer questions about culture, the Bible, and everything in between, all with the hope of learning to glorify and pursue God more each day. Enjoy this week's episode. Good morning, everybody. We're back. Hi there. With another podcast. I'm here with Jared. Hi there. Pastor extraordinaire.
1: Mm, That's on my, uh, my business card.
0: Yep. That's what it says. You
1: know, I actually do have, like, 500 business cards because you get business cards when you have, like, a grown-up job. I think I've given out one in, like, nine years.
0: Wow. Well, if if y'all want Jared's business card... I've
1: got extras.
0: He's got a few that say Pastor here, Extraordinaire.
1: Here. Now I've given out two. There you Let's
0: go. Let's go. Let's go. Can you sign this one?
1: Well, oh, it already has my name on it.
0: I, I need an autograph. Anyway, okay. My, I have my, our... my rookie
1: card. Right. Keep it in mint condition. <laughs>
0: I have um I have our intro question today. This is one Miranda asked me last night and it just reveals so much about you as a person.
1: Do we know does the podcast world know who Miranda is?
0: Miranda's my bestie, my roommate.
1: She's a member of our church. That. Yeah.
0: All the things. We like to be goofy together. And sometimes we talk about serious things like this. Mm.
1: If you ever see a college age girl in a Hawaiian shirt, there's a ninety five percent chance it's Miranda. Yeah. Anywhere in the world.
0: Yep. Miranda's everywhere. Yep. What's Um, the question? The question is, do you think there's more wheels or doors in the whole world?
1: Ooh. That is an interesting question.
0: I know, because, yeah, I'll let you think through it, and then I'll...
1: (laughs) Well, because, like, there are more people that live in something than have a car, but most places you live in have a maximum of two doors and some probably only have one door. But if you have a vehicle, you have four wheels
0: and four doors.
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. I was thinking just like house doors. Well, and then, oh,
0: and then if you think about like, oh, well think about skyscrapers, they have millions of doors, but they mm-hmm. also have millions of office chairs, which have like six to oh, eight so wheels Oh, so it's like each. any wheels, Anything. any doors.
1: Okay. But there's also a lot of places in the world, like uh, a lot of bicycle riders
0: that's true and
1: uh, like uh, motorcycles and mopeds those are big like all over Asia and there's a lot of people in Asia so that's a tough question I know so any, it's a good any one, right? type of door like cabinet cabinet
0: do- everything Dang. isn't that such a good question but then
1: there's so many toys with wheels that's there's what a lot of to- said too. toys with doors too I don't know this okay. what, what this reveals about us it
0: was just it was meant to be funny like oh uh, this re- are you a wheel person or a door person
1: <laughs> what is what is?
0: There's no the answer. Quality, so, there's okay. no. There's no answer. Have you
1: ever played the game Wits and Wagers? No. Do you know what that is? No. Oh, uh, it kind of reminds me of that. It's like it asks all these questions um, that have like a, a number answer that there's no way you can know. You just have to ballpark it. Like how many? That
0: sounds awesome. Like how
1: many steps would it take to walk from like the Earth to the Moon? So, like, there's no way, like, you probably don't have the exact information in your head, but you just guess. So, everybody guesses, and then you bet on who's the closest.
0: That's awesome. That's what it sounds like. That's a board game?
1: Um, Yeah. I guess there's not really a board. You you have these cards, and you write your, like, a a little whiteboard. So, everybody, everybody, yeah, it's one of my favorite games. I'm surprised you haven't played it at our house.
0: I like that. There's
1: lots of ones. It's like, yeah, Uh, anything, like, numbers that you could maybe ballpark, but you probably wouldn't know specifically, like.
0: Yeah. That sounds really fun. Yeah. But there's no answer. Me and Miranda are both wheels people, though. We said wheels. I don't know. There's a lot of doors. There's a lot of doors, though. But I'm not convinced there's more wheels than doors.
1: But you just said... Wait,
0: I'm not convinced there's more doors than wheels. Okay.
1: This is important.
0: I know. But that is not what we're talking about today, even though we just spent three minutes talking about it. Okay. Today, we're talking about a big one that you might have to dumb down a little bit for... Not for, for our listeners, mostly for, for mostly for me. Okay. Mostly for me, but uh, we're talking about predestination versus free will mm. on a Wednesday morning. It's
1: one better time to do
0: it. <laughs> so, for people that don't know, what is this topic? <laughs>
1: um. So it goes to the question of of the Christian notion of salvation. Right. Um. So part of the Christian worldview is that. Um, people are naturally sinful and separated from God and we, uh, are in need of salvation. And so that was the purpose of Jesus to come and purchase our salvation through his sacrifice on the cross so that we could be restored in our relationship to God. Um, which is, that's kind of the simplistic version. There's a lot that goes into that idea of how, how that saving work works. And so, um, Part of that idea is that you get, um, which kind of starts to get into it already, uh, you kind of get two different ideas in Scripture. Um, So a lot of people would kind of articulate or say, like, at some point I found religion or I found God, and that's how they would view it. Uh, But there is the biblical notion that um, we don't really participate in that work or in that coming to God, Mm. that it is just uh, something He does. And so the idea of predestination, which is a word in the Bible that's been translated, is that um, God decided in advance who would be saved and who would not. So like he predestined, he decided, he he did all of that work that it was uh, decided even before our lives began. Um, Free will, on the other hand, is more that we have some agency in that we, uh, do choose God. Like we, we ask Jesus to save us. Like that, that is, um, that there's some responsibility that humans have within that idea. So it goes to, um, yeah, the Christian idea of salvation on how it actually works.
0: Hmm. And it's either, I mean, a lot of people that think about this a lot, it's either one or the other, right?
1: Um, yes and no. Um, not necessarily. Um, just to put my cards on the table, usually when I'm asked the question, um, you know, free will or predestination, I say yes. Um, Hmm. because you can find some biblical evidence for both. And so it's one of those things that definitely feels like, um, they're mutually exclusive. Um, and, and so since there's, been so many years of people following Jesus and studying the words of the Bible. Um, you know, humans we kind of have a natural bent to try to figure things out, mm-hmm. and I think that's good. And so, you know, there has been a lot of scholars and different theologians who've kind of come up with different ways to explain this process of salvation. Um, and so, which I think you were going to lead into it. Um, so one of the big ones is a guy named John Calvin. So you might have heard the term Calvinist Calvinism, which. Um, is a lot more on the predestination track, Mm -hmm. that it's all been predestined, that it's um, all something that's been ordained since before the beginning. Um, And then another guy that's credited with um, kind of the other, the opposite in kind of arguing against Calvin is a guy named Jacob Arminius. Uh, So you might hear Arminianism, um, which doesn't have to do with the country of Armenia, but Jacob Arminius. And so his was a lot more um, the human agency side that we choose God. Um, there's some other ideas associated with that. Like the fact that you could both, you could gain salvation then lose salvation. Like if you choose God, but then reject God later. Um, and so there is, um, camps in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, that would be probably like the most negative way to view it, that there is like camps versus, um, different people have just like tried to wrestle with the scriptures and they've come up with different ideas and different tools and different a different framework to view uh the bible i I think that's a good thing we should wrestle and try to understand and try to seek to know god uh so um i I think calvinism has some good things i think um i I personally don't lean as much arminian um uh, but i also wouldn't like I don't identify as a Calvinist, but there's a lot of theologians through the history of the church that have provided some, some helpful ways to think about the Bible and to wrestle with the scriptures. And so, um, for me, Calvin would fall into that category for sure.
0: Hmm. So, why does it matter? Like, why do so many people talk about this?
1: Uh, it, it does have rippling implications into uh, just a lot of the ways we, we view life, um,
0: I guess it would change our view of God too. Like if one of these things was true or not.
1: Yeah. I, or for some I think it's part of it. Way. Yeah. And so it, it kind of a big aspect of it is like God's sovereignty. Um, like can I, as a person make a decision that's outside of his control? Like, is God mm. just hanging out waiting for me to decide if I want in or not? Um, and mm. so on that side of that, so it does, it does go to your, your view of God and, um, it does affect your view of scripture, like if if God is ordering the course of history or is God reacting to the course of history. Um, and then there's you know a lot of other aspects of, you know, so we're involved in this community of faith. And part of that aspect of, of dealing with people is sometimes, um, you know, sometimes people are stronger in their faith or weaker in their faith. Sometimes people are a part of a church then reject a church. And so right. it kind of goes like, A lot of times we ask those questions like, okay, what happened in these situations? And so sometimes it's like, okay, well, they were in and then they rejected God. So then they are no longer in or the Calvinistic explanation would be like, they just attended church, but they were never predestined. Mm. You know, so it does have, it kind of is in some ways affects your, your Christian worldview of people and of God. There is implications to this idea of, of predestination versus free will.
0: Hmm. So in the situation you said where someone would, like, leave the church or leave the faith, mm-hmm. would would people just view them as not saved ever, like Calvinists or people that believe in predestination? Does it kind of relate to the once saved, always saved thing?
1: Yeah. So, so that, that is an aspect of this conversation about how salvation works. Yeah, um, Yeah, and so that's a question a lot of people have had, like, can you, can you lose your salvation? Um, because there, everybody will have that story if you're around um, the Christian community long enough where um, somebody was a part of the community for years and years and did all the things and then um, at some point rejected it. Yeah. Like, I, I know those people. Um, so the question is, okay, like, what happened there? Like, were, were they in and then got themselves out, or were they never in to begin with? Um, my, my personal view would be that they weren't actually in to begin with. And I think the Bible describes that. It talks about within the church, there's going to be both believers and non-believers, um, that there are going to be people who do religious acts, but it's not actually a saving faith in a relationship with God. Um, I would, my, my personal stance, there, there would be a doctrine called the uh, the perseverance of the saints, which would be like, hey, if you're saved, you get an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about how the Spirit seals us, mm. seals that. And so I, I don't think if, if we've been saved by God that we can undo that work that God did. So I, mm. I would lean much more on God's sovereignty. Um, and so my my perspective on somebody that maybe lived like a Christian or as a Christian for a long time but then turned and then never repented again walked away completely from christianity would be that um that they never actually had the holy spirit Mm. that they weren't ever ever actually saved um because you can you know if definitely if you grew up in it if you were around it you would know all the forms and um and all all the ways to um live out christianity without actually having that internal change of heart Mm. um and not to mean that, like, it was intentional or deliberate or that those are bad people. Um, you know, you can assimilate into a lot of things, um, but not how how the Bible describes that, that change of heart. You know, what Jesus says in John 3 about being born again. Yeah. Yeah. That, that needs to recur or, you know, how we've called it is regeneration, like you need that regeneration of your heart.
0: Mm.
1: So all of those things kind of play into this question on, yeah. on different levels, but is it it can get complicated
0: yeah okay so I think I think these are questions that I had when I first um, like learned about this debate or I think that these are questions people have that um, I don't know like their problem with viewing God in this way do mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, so the first one would be if if God chooses us before then how come at some sermons People are like, oh, ask Jesus into your heart right now. Yeah. Like, if God chose me, why do I have to ask Jesus into my heart?
1: Yeah. And so, once again, to me, it goes back to, okay, like, what does the Bible say? Right. And the Bible kind of says both. Um, So uh, Ephesians 1 is a a chapter that actually talks about, you know, like, uses the word predestined, how God chose us. And it says that he chose us in himself before the foundation of the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But then you also get Jesus saying in John 3, unless you're born of water and the spirit, you'll never see eternal life. So it definitely sounds like something needs to happen. And then I even think about, you know, what is recorded, what Jesus said in the book of Revelation, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody would answer, I'll come in and make my home with him. And so, you know, Romans 10 talks about that faith comes from hearing and hearing through preaching and so there is to me, so I, I would be someone who believes that there needs to be a conversion in your life. Now it doesn't have to look a certain way, put it in a box, but like all of us need that second birth that, so you might've heard the term born again, Christian yeah. is that, Hey, something needs to happen in my life where I go from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive. And so, um, I've known lots of people that, that Looked different for some people. It felt like a moment for some people. It felt like a process, but something, some type of change occurred in their life. And so the idea of predestination isn't necessarily that um, that you don't need that. It's that God decided that those mo- that moment was going to have for those people. And so the other term you get a lot is the elect. Mm, and so the yeah. elect would be the people that God predestined and chose to be His children.
0: So you have to be predestined, and you have to ask Jesus into your heart.
1: Well, asking Jesus into your heart isn't.
0: A I'm using that of language phrase. because that's like what you would hear at kids' camp or something. Yeah, like that's because that's yeah. a lot of people's like definitive moment. Like, oh, I decided on this day. It's like, well, did you decide? Because God actually yeah. chose you a long time ago.
1: Yeah, and so we do, you know. Typically, you know, if I'm talking to somebody about what it means to become a Christian, you know, I, I would definitely still use the terminology like you need to ask Jesus to save you. You know, you need to ask him to change your life. You need to give up control. I would, I would try to use that language of, um, you know, and I think about what Jesus said, you know, if anybody wants to come after me, they have to deny themselves. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, you need to, if, if you want to be a Christian, if you want to um, be united with Jesus, you, you need to do something about it. You know, you need to... Um, place your faith in him is the other, you know, Ro- yeah, Roman ten yeah. talks about that too. You know, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Um, and so you need to do those actions. You need to like ask Jesus to save you, you know. And once again, what Jesus said, you know, if anybody opens that door, I'm, I'm standing at the door knocking, but you got to open that door. Um, and so, yeah, um, you know, so it's hard to sometimes um, give a physical description of a spiritual reality. And so we do encourage mm. people to pray, like to verbalize what's going on inside of their hearts. And I think that's important. But I've also known people who I've sat and had a conversation with. And they they can't even really describe, because they don't have the churchy words. Like, so they didn't grow up in it. And they're like, I don't know, like, these things used to never matter to me. But all of a sudden, I find myself, like, just mm. wanting this or being convicted of sin. And they probably wouldn't even say convicted, you know. I've heard people, like, talk that, like, in my head, I'm like, okay, you're saved and you just don't know it. Like you don't know, you don't know the words to articulate Mm -hmm. how we would describe that transformation, but something has happened in your life where all of a sudden Jesus became very important and you're trying to describe why, because you don't really know. That's cool. Yeah. And and I would say that's that, what we would say is regeneration, like something, something changed in your life. The spirit entered, God's at work.
0: Okay. That's it. So that regeneration needs to happen.
1: Uh, Yes, I would say that for sure.
0: Okay, so using the terminology you said earlier, you were talking about spiritually dead to spiritually alive. That's that regeneration. So can you be saved but still spiritually dead?
1: No, because so it's kind of like different words to describe the same process. Yeah. You know, and so uh, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 1 and 2 are are really good on like developing your ideas of salvation. So Ephesians 2 talks about that, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but then God made you alive. And then it, it talks mm-hmm. about that. It says, by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of work, so that no man may boast. So being saved in, or, or being regenerated, like it's all part of that saving work of what God's doing of bringing you spiritually alive. So mm-hmm. uh, you can't really have one without the other. Yeah. So you can kind of describe it in different ways, but they're... they're They're working in tandem. Hmm.
0: Okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around it, but...
1: Because it's hard. I think one of the limitations is that it is a spiritual reality.
0: Yeah. And that's why... Uh, Yeah, I like that you said that.
1: Well, it's what Jesus also talks about in John 3. So the guy is like a Jewish teacher, and he's trying to understand. And Jesus says, you have to be born again. And he's like, how does that work? Like, can I get (laughs) back... Like, do I have
0: to come back out? Yeah, he says,
1: (laughs) can I get back in my mom and... (laughs) And Jesus is like, these are things, I, he's like, you, you barely understand things on earth. How are you going to understand things in heaven? Mm. And he's like, and talks about how the wind True blows. or You know, it, it describes yeah. some mystery. And so we're trying to explain and, you know, give ourselves a framework we can understand for a spiritual reality that's going on. Yeah. Like, so, we, I mean, we talk about the heart and the heart being changed and stuff. It's not like my physical human organ is going through, Um, you know, like it never, it wasn't beating before (laughs) than it was. So it is a, it's, um, yeah, it's an analogy, you know, it's, it's metaphor for having a a spiritual heart, a heart that's changed and inclined towards God.
0: Hmm. Okay. I have this next question and it's going to sound really angry, but this is, I think this is why some people turn away from Christianity altogether. Okay. Um, why would God choose for someone to go to hell before they are born?
1: Yeah, so that that gets into kind of deeper weeds on on the Calvinism side. Yeah. Um, and I guess so, it's more
0: like a critique of that, or just like, if you view God in this way, if God chooses people to go to heaven, that means he also chooses who goes to hell.
1: Well, that's an, another kind of nuance to that certain people that adhere to, that would identify as Calvinist. So there's the idea of double predestination, that God is choosing both directions, like... Taylor, I chose you to go to heaven, and Joe over here, I chose him to go to hell. Some people view it as, like, he just chooses, it, like, it's just on the one side, the positive side, and it's not an active choice on the negative side.
0: Oh, interesting. But then... Is that supported by scripture, either of those?
1: Um, or well, the choosing people of thinking, people is, yeah. is kind of, once again, is is this idea of trying to wrestle with and figure out God, which is difficult. Yeah. Uh, not that that's not a worthy endeavor um and so one of the one of the answers would be um that God is sovereign. God is is the creator, we are the creation, and so um we don't really have the right or the role as the creation mm. to question the creator. So that's one way to look at it and, and I don't I don't think that's an incorrect way. Um I think once again for me personally um where where I kind of stand like I, I I'm not a big systems guy I don't really identify with a certain like I'm a Calvinist or mm-hmm. whatever it is yeah. I, I think there's helpful things in all those different um, theological schools of thought but once again you know when people ask me is it predestination or free will I, I usually say yes because there's there's both in the scripture you know it does there I don't know and it seems it feels like they can't both be existing yeah but for me, I think that's just because our dumb human brains, like
0: it we we are
1: limited, another. not God is limited, mm-hmm. and so there is, to me, this reality that yes, God chose, um, but also there is a role of huge human agency and free will, and um, and so I I would say, not necessarily that God is, um, I, I think. Hell is more of a people rejecting God versus God, God sinning them. them. There. Yeah, uh, but the, I mean, and and that's the simplistic explanation. There's there's a lot yeah. that goes into to, to that idea as well. Um, and um, I, I would say, on personally, it's also one some ideas i i try to have some humility and hold loosely and think that my mindset and my understanding could change over time. Yeah. Um and so because
0: some people feel very strongly about this mm-hmm. one way or the other and i guess to me i'm like like how do you know that you're right or not? like why are you yeah. so feeling so strongly about this when yeah. you don't even know if you're right? And two, it's like does it Not does it matter, but, like, why are we arguing with each other about stuff like this?
1: Well, sometimes it is hard because it can get really personal because um, we have people we love that aren't Christians. And so it can be a a difficult um, personal battle on, like, okay, do I think God chose this person that I love to send them to hell? Yeah. And so it it does. It has personal implications. Um, On the why people care so much um i think there's some human nature that plays into it Uh, for me you know i think there's the very definitive aspects of the bible that i'm i'm not going to um have room for debate like there's to me there's some things that are very explicit um this this question uh you know i have a stance i have a view that i'm trying to line up my my life as much with bible so i feel firm on my stance but I'm also going to have charity for people who might view it slightly differently. Mm. And and sometimes we lose that, that idea of Christian charity that I think is important for anything like, okay, this idea specifically on how salvation works. I mean, there's a reason that we know the terms free will, predestination, Calvinism, Arminianism is because people in the church has wrestled with this idea for centuries. Yeah. And so if it's in that area of, people have struggled with this concept for, you know, a thousand years. Um, That's not one of those areas of doctrine where I would say, like, there's one view and you can't have another, Mm. personally. There would be people who fall there. Um, That's not one of those areas for me. Um, I have those areas, and we all should have those areas that, like, hey, this is the view of the Christian church, and to exit this view, you are no longer Christian. Mm. To me, you could... Have kind of uh, some variance in how much I view it as um, sovereign, God's sovereignty with zero human engagement in it, or how much humans have a responsibility in also uh, repenting and turning to God. Um, which is hard, I, I probably shade a, a bit more on the God is sovereign, you know, because it does talk. I mean, I cannot save myself. I have no part in that work. Yeah. So how does that work itself out? Yeah. God did it. Um, but there is some type of element of human will that God has put into that as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Mm, One more question. If God already chose who is saved, why do we have missionaries?
1: Yeah. So (laughs) there has been seasons in church history where you kind of, and people would even say like that sometimes there's like angry Calvinist, um, which because you've had churches and you've had moments in history where it's like, okay, only the elect is saved. And there has been some people who are actively taught that you shouldn't evangelize because that's like messing with the idea of God's election. If So, so if somebody has been predestined, they'll find their way in because God. But doesn't that
0: go against them. the Bible to not yes. be missionaries yes. and spread the gospel? Yeah.
1: Um, and so it's not, it's kind of like the idea of praying too. Like if God's will is going to happen, like why do I ask him to do things? Is because God has chosen to utilize the prayers of his people to unfold his will over time. And including like, so God can save anybody he wants to like, that's not impossible for him. God's chosen method for his message getting out into the world is through his people. Um, and so I, I would say like, um, Say whoever is on the street and God puts it on my heart to go tell them about Jesus and say I'm disobedient and I say, no, God, I'm not going to do that today. That doesn't condemn that person to hell, you know, because my disobedience can't save someone. My obedience can't save someone. My disobedience can't condemn them. But God has... Uh, allowed me to participate in His mission in the world. and so we should all actively be spreading the love of Jesus and telling people about how to be saved because that's what the Bible describes as the process by which people do get saved. Mm. Once again, Romans 10 talks about that faith comes from hearing, but how can they hear if nobody tells them? Right. How can they tell them if they're not sent? you know you know And so that is the the biblical process by which the message of Jesus gets spread is that God has given it to His people and we're supposed to take it. Um, and so I don't think that conflicts with the idea of um, predestination or um, God's ordained sovereignty in the world. You know, it's a part of that, that that's God's chosen method for his message getting out. But there, yeah, once again, there were churches that the idea was more like you should all be trying to prove that you're in the elect, that you are predestined. And so you, you've gotten some moments in history where the church was extraordinarily self-righteous, and
0: how would you prove that you're elect?
1: By not sinning. So, oh. like, so you, <laughs> yeah. So oh. once again, it gets into self-righteousness because then it's like, okay,
0: oh, you, everybody, every, every, everybody's
1: in. trying to prove that they're on the inside oh. versus actively living out the love of Jesus to everybody in the world.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, now I've got lots more to think about.
1: Yeah, it's one of those (laughs) topics that um, people have been thinking about for a long time.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, when I was going into seminary, and, you know, that's definitely, you know, a big one that most people wrestle with, and you'll find different seminaries or different professors that might be a bit more specific on this is the view, like, that I would advocate for, Um, but I remember my systematic professor, who I, I really appreciated you know, it was kind of, we were kind of hitting that moment of class where we we're talking about these works of salvation and stuff. And so the one passage a lot of people struggle with is Romans nine. Um, and that's one I've struggled with. And so it's like definitely points a lot more to, um, God chose both for heaven and for hell. Uh, so it talks about that God has created for himself some vessels for honor, some for dishonor, but then you get a, you know, a passage in second Timothy where it says that God desires that all people would come to salvation. It's like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I remember just like going up to him after class and, you know, he's got his PhD and stuff. And I'm like, hey, like these passages are tough. Like, what do I, how, how do I, I wanted him to give me an answer. Like, and he's like, I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, dang it. You know? Like, Tell me. Yeah. Cause yeah. And, and I think that some, sometimes, and it depends on the motivation of the person, but it's like, sometimes it's trying to put God in a box. Like, I want to figure you out. I want this to make sense to me. And, you know, the overwhelming message of the Bible is, like, trust and follow me
0: Mm.
1: versus, like, figure everything out. Figure
0: out out. every aspect
1: of So it's still, it's Mm. always a worthy endeavor. We should desire to know God and understand his word and and see how it impacts us and affects us. Like, we shouldn't follow Jesus in ignorance. But it is with, it should be with some humility of, like, God is beyond me. And... Mm and to take the whole bible so that's you know sometimes those the systems and the grids we've come up with usually they have to ignore a couple of things to like make it all a neat package that we can look into um and so yeah so once again i, I personally like i, I wouldn't identify in, in a certain theological way for myself I, I find those things helpful you know i have a whole set of Calvin's commentaries, but I don't consider myself a Calvinist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and yeah, and I would definitely see that there's some human agency in in um, our role in the world. But yeah, how those things all work themselves out it's kind of kind of hard to know. And we might, we probably won't know completely on this side of eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which 1 uh, Corinthians uh, 13 talks about that. After you get past the like, love is patient. It talks about it's like now we see in a mirror dimly. Um, You know, but then he says when the eternal comes, like when the partial pass away, the eternal comes. It says then we'll see fully and then we'll know fully as we've been fully known. And so Mm. it does paint this picture that there are some things we're not going to completely understand until Jesus returns. Yeah. No, that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. But yeah, that's what I was about to say. Well, But that just means like have some humility in your in your doctrinal positions.
0: Yeah. All right. Well. Thank you, Jared. Now
1: that I've answered all your questions.
0: Yeah. I have no more questions. I've you fully understand figured this the Bible. out. I'm ready to write a book and answer this question for everyone.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> there's only been one book on that topic.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to write the book. The book. It'll be like, ah, uh, never mind. I'm not going to get you into it. You
1: could go with, it could be The Answer. Yeah. A book by Taylor Tomlinson.
0: Yeah. Have to. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. See ya. And by later, I mean right after we finish recording.
1: Mm-hmm. The after show discussion.
0: Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Good stuff. We did it. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or feedback about the podcast, please email us at askingforafriend@psbible.com. at psbible.com. For more information on our church, visit psbible.com.